0: Let's talk about sex. So, Corey, I hope you had a really great holiday weekend. I know we sure did here in the Paris household. And one thing that was kind of fun was going away and we met some friends that we barely had met several years ago when we both were on staff at sister churches up in the St. Louis area. And that. so that was really cool to meet them. And the, apparently they researched me a little bit on the internet Research. or something. Okay. So the, the teenager was standing next to him and the mom says, Oh, I um, Chris says you're like a sex therapist or something. <laughs> and the teenager's just her eyes got all big and her face turned all red and she's like, Ew. And and it just made me think, you know, raise the whole question about how we've always talked to our kids about sex and intimacy <laughs> and all all of that. So I thought that'd be fun to talk about on a on a show today.
1: That's a great idea because there's it, it some of the things I've written and you know, Pam is my editor of of a mm-hmm. majority of what I write. She's the first person that reads it all and makes sure it makes sense and is appropriate. And you know, I'm not just on a rant or whatever. And I wrote a couple of posts several years ago on uh, ten mistakes women make in bed, and then ten or eleven mistakes men make in bed. And it's pretty graphic. And right. so I'm reading those as we're as we're editing, and she she just goes. What are we going to do if our kids find this? You know, they're when they're reading age, which which they are now. You know, right. what are they? What are we going to do when they read what you write? <laughs> and I'm like, well, hopefully they enjoy. You know, don't don't have those same mistakes when they're married. <laughs> but, oh man,
0: but it is. Yeah, it your is kids aren't like, teenagers yet. Yeah.
1: yeah, it is one of those. How do you deal with this <laughs> subject? Because it is something, and I get emailed all the time on this because of a post I wrote for simple mom mm-hmm. on that subject. How do you talk to your kids about sex? And, and it is something that's so big and so important that it, it, well, you're, you we're talking about shaping the foundation of married sex for the generations.
0: Right. Yeah. I think it's different in different categories, just like anything to deal successfully with teenagers. You want to start when they're young. So let's just start you know, by talking about the foundations when they're little, like yours.
1: Okay. Yeah, which mine will talk about my, teenagers my kids are like- seven and five. Okay, right. So and and I have taken a drastically different approach than lots of people.
0: I know you have. Why don't you share?
1: <laughs> because I started sex education with my kids before they were reading and before they were walking. Mm-hmm. So we would read it's a great book called Where Did I Come From? And it, it has been read by both my kids and to both my kids countless times. And it's very graphic and it's appropriate and it's all animated. I mean, it's just drawings, but they're anatomically correct drawings. And and the whole foundation I have with the little ones is I want to really instill the importance of calling things the appropriate name.
0: So your daughter would be like our neighbor's two-year-old when when they came over and we said, "Oh, Caitlin, we heard your mom's gonna have a baby. When's the baby coming?" And she said, "Out the vagina."
1: <laughs> yeah. oh. yes. Well, there you go. Not where's she coming from, but <laughs> yeah.
0: So I got yours. Are yours are those educated toddlers? Yeah,
1: I don't know. I mean, that's that's the goal. Uh, just because i don't know to to me that sets the stage for future,
0: yeah, and I think as much you know we didn't do that, so that's good, good for you as, as much as you can take out the embarrassment or the stigma or the, or make make the whole conversation very normal and healthy that's a good thing yeah. so so kudos to you on that,
1: yeah, and that's and that's just it because we want to try it too, and that's the one thing that I have counseled people the most on this subject is. The onus for talking about this subject and the anxiety that surrounds it is always on the parents' shoulder, not the kids. they They typically are not near as anxious talking about it as we are.
0: Yeah, that's the truth, and I, I think so much of the anxiety falls on of course, the whole story that the parents a- everything is going to play into that story. So if your experience was bad and you don't want it to be bad for your children, if you were much more sexually active than you want your children to be and you feel like a hypocrite, that makes a difficult conversation. If you still feel um, embarrassment and shame around your own sex life, that could, there's so many things that play into it. So rule number one is really to have your own healthy um, s- sexual education and and state of mind, don't you think?
1: Yeah, it's just kind of your outlook, <laughs> your, you know, we've talked about this, I think, in a past show of mm-hmm. one of the best things you can do for your family is have a good sex life.
0: Well, know. and a good marriage, and, absolutely. Well, that,
1: I think those go hand in hand. You know, I right. think a barometer of your relationship is the is the passion and the connection and all the different things that are associated with sex. So, they because it, it's all a metaphor for life. And so it's it's when you're working on that and you have a healthier outlook and a healthier approach it it spills over to your kids regardless of what you say but but and kind of how you deal with it. But I think we're talking about in this show what do you mm-hmm. say how do you How do you approach the subject because it is one of those that's filled with anxiety
0: yeah, anytime you're watching commercials well. The uh, sports the you usually they won't come on on real little children's programming, but there's so much very unconscious or or beneath the surface programming trying to speak to our children about sex, so anytime you're watching t v with them if something can trigger a conversation, let it trigger a conversation, yeah, so that's kind of been a real natural route for. For me and our children, when I'll point out, you know, look at their message right there, and I'm telling you it's a lie. Yeah. And and let's just process that and, ch- you know, challenge everything. I, I always will say to them, challenge everything, including what I say. Challenge yeah. what I say to you. but. Um, find out what are those lies and, and and how do we buy into it? Yeah, and so that kind of works as they grow.
1: And one of the things've I've gotten from you, Gina, it, when we've talked about this subject off the air some is the idea that when you use those teachable moments, which is great, mm-hmm. but you also phrase it with the kids as they get older, because sometimes the relationship between parent and child it's a it's more of a one way. Conversation than a two-way because a teenager, you know, a teenager gets to that point where they just don't want to share as much, and so that typically is responded to by the parent of asking more and more questions, which just raises more and more defensiveness and more and more space. And so, the best thing you do is learn how to be open in it, and use the tip of what do your friends think about that? You know, what do you what do you like when you see something on a commercial or a show, and you stop and you say, hey. And the people you run with, what what would their response be to that? Because they'll give you insight into themselves that's good. by saying that. And that's a real subtle way to open up conversations because this is more than just the birds and the bees talk that we're talking about. Yes. It's an ongoing training. It's an ongoing dialogue that is just more teachable moment that comes up, more you take the initiative and you bring it up and you talk, you ask specific questions because of some circumstance. And then also just more kind of a guiding of a spirit. You know, you kind of get the sense of, Hey, what's there's something going on here. Let's let's, I want to know what that is. And you, and so you start inquiring.
0: Yeah. And to let them know what, to know in your mind, what specific things do you absolutely want them to know? Like I really wanted Kristen to know why her dad and I chose to save um, sex for our marriage, and how hard it was for me as a teenager dating the sexiest guy on the planet. And so I helped, you know.
1: Wait, wait, we didn't date. Oh, wait. Sorry, you're talking about somebody else. (laughs) Sorry, I had to throw that in
0: there. That was cute. I'm like so confused. No, so to to let them know it's not for lack of opportunity if you make a choice. And in Kristen, you know, with raising her, I let her know, listen, nobody can intimidate me about those decisions. So in my daughter's case, for example, where there's so much pressure to be sexually active, I let her know that nobody can intimidate those of us who made a choice because what makes something valuable is how exclusive it is. So, you know, I tried to teach her a lot of compassion though, for the girls who have been abused and and yeah. make decisions based on a lot of dysfunction. Cause yeah. for a while then she was conceited, really passing judgment on girls who don't share our values. Yeah, And so she's not like that anymore. She's not judgmental, but we, I, the thing that we have going for us that a lot of couples do struggle with is that I can tell her, listen, what we did was against the, the current, but how many of your friends would give anything to have a marriage like the one your mom and dad have? Yeah. So our, the beauty of our marriage speaks the the biggest volumes. Yeah. So if you, if you have a troubled marriage, I, I understand that's more difficult.
1: Yeah. And that's and that's where you know when you get hit that subject of how do you instill your values into us because yeah. there's there's a couple different layers you can have this conversation with your kids <laughs> sure of you know first you want to teach health and safety right you know because this this is a, a topic filled with damage yeah. possibilities you know and not not even to mention all the emotional damage that's the stuff that bothers me that's not addressed in this whole oh, anything goes, it's okay, there's all kinds of preventative things. Well, yeah, there is for the sexual transmitted diseases and pregnancy possibilities, but not for the emotional scars and wounding that, that comes with this. That's the stuff that not, light's not shed on. But mm-hmm. if you're talking about trying to instill your values, that's a whole nother conversation. And the way I think of it is, regardless of the age of your child, if you think of their brain as a sponge, which mm-hmm. it is, they pick it up is. they pick up things so fast. A sponge will only hold so much stuff before right. it, everything else just kind of comes out. And so, I want to be the one who fills that sponge the most. So that way when they hear contradictory things, when they see other things that go kind of against our values or our beliefs or the things that we want to instill it's got less room to be absorbed. And then they do challenge it or they confront it or they ask questions about it. And there's another teachable moment. You know, because there's, there's when you can have a deeper discussion about something because you can't instill values by demanding they follow it. Exactly. You instill values by living it and modeling yeah. it and continuing to talk about it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And one day I had to say to Kristen, "Honey, why would we expect people to share our values if they don't have the same relationship with God? If if my if this were just totally a faithless decision, I probably wouldn't be there. So, yeah. so we want to be very, very gracious, and then also teach them just some real practical stuff. My girlfriends just howl when I tell them this conversation I had with Jordan one day. We were eating Chinese food, and I said. Hey, I know that you and Olivia have chosen not to have sex while you're dating, and I just so honor you for that, and I think that's so cool, because I know it's not for lack of desire, and I just want you to know that if ever she cannot keep her hands off of you and all you can think is, whoa, I'm getting lucky tonight, then it's probably because she's ovulating, and if you do it, she will get pregnant, (laughs) since I know you're not the guy with the condom in your wallet. (laughs) so. It was just yeah. really straightforward.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's what's so great if, when you can have that foundation that's kind of an abnormal foundation when exactly. society looks at it. Because I would be willing to bet, Gina,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that since you are a sex therapist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> since, well, since you're willing to talk about this subject, because there's very few women yeah. that will openly discuss this subject. That's which is true. part of the reason why we do Sexy Marriage Radio together. Mm-hmm. And, but I'd be willing to bet that you're not only that kind of an advocate and outlet for your kids, but you are also for your kids' friends.
0: Friends, right? That
1: they'll bring it up because it is just dinner table talk. <laughs> you know? Yes, which it, just
0: it, kills it, Paul. It is, He's like, yeah, oh, welcome just, to our dinner yeah, table. Yeah, it is
1: just you can talk about it and it's okay. Right. You know, I'm not right. gonna, I'm not gonna flip out. And that's one of the other things that's kind of a good point for parents is exactly to know that when you can be calm about stuff and hear it and even if you don't know an answer say mm-hmm. so you know you could get right. asked a question that you don't know the answer to it's because yes. there's it's very possible i'll get asked that i'm i'm certain of that and i feel like i know quite a bit about the subject yeah but i'm I'm almost certain one of my kids is going to bring up something that's like you know buddy i don't know but let's go find it let's go find an answer together we'll do it and i think that's a huge learning opportunity for both of you
0: Absolutely. And to help the your daughters and to help your sons understand how the opposite gender views sexual activity, you know, to let I, I want Jordan to understand he has the power to crush a girl. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. And in Kristen, she's gosh, she's so strong and so I sometimes I worry she's gonna hurt tear some guy's heart out, which has been her pattern. But um just to to help them understand how how each other thinks and yeah and and how we do want to be different from the world.
1: Yeah, and it's just it's the idea of I want to first and foremost I want my kids to carry themselves with value and importance exactly and acceptance of themselves and then others. Yeah, because I think a lot of sex and a lot of the difficulties that come with it is it's an outlet to deal with pain. You know,
0: oh, absolutely! I grew up with a boy who will tell you he had, as now at our age, says he had sex with hundreds of partners between middle school and as an adult, and he said I mistakenly exchanged sex for love right. with men and women. Right. So, um, all of those questions. The the big thing is be be a safe place to talk about. Just a safe place yeah and, and probably the first thing will bring it up when you see your child masturbating if you have boys
1: <laughs> or the signs of it for sure yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: hey what do you know
1: yeah and that's that's the idea of you, you, you have to take the initiative you know because every time I've had this kind of a talk which I've had a chance to do different talks to, to groups of people on this subject. Which I love because I'm able yeah. to just be upfront and just, hey, here's what goes on, here's what goes on in my house. Hmm. You know, I'll, I'll share dinner table conversations that we've had in my house with my kids. And, mm-hmm. and when I took that book, Where Did I Come From, actually, to one of the talks, my daughter saw me leaving the house with it, and she stopped me. Where are you going with my book? <laughs> you know? Isn't that sweet? <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. And I'll walk by, and I'll see her sitting in there reading it sometimes. And, and the thing I like about it is you can do it age-appropriately. Right, because you know, when they're below eight, and this is just kind of a good rule for everybody that's hung with the show thus far, mm-hmm. if you had children below the age seven or eight or nine, give or take, all you're dealing with there is just concrete thinking and you're just dealing with labeling the parts. They don't understand right. They don't understand intercourse, they don't understand pregnancy, they don't understand er, the egg and the sperm and all of that. it's that's too abstract to as a as a concept to understand. So usually around seven or eight. In some of the stuff I've read, is the eighth birthday is a good marker to have the talk, if you will, because mm-hmm. that's a deeper level of understanding of what's going on in the human body and in other people's bodies, and it's right on the verge. Puberty's around the corner. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be three or four years because research shows puberty is actually happening a little bit earlier in lots of kids from all the
0: hormones in our food.
1: Right. So. But it is, it's time to lay the foundation for those kind of deeper conversations. And so, age eight is a time to have the talk. So, if you're listening to this and you've not had this kind of a conversation with your kid, do it. You know, that's one of the things I love hearing is I got a chance to teach this in a master's level course one time at college. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was doing an adjunct and we got on this. So, I was talking about, you know, be able to teach all semester on different things. And I've made the comment, and one of the ladies in class had a middle schooler. Hmm. And she had not had the conversation with her daughter about it. And I was just encouraging, wow. you know, no, no better time than now to just go for a drive, get a Coke, and just have a – it's just a quick, a quick lay-the-foundation conversation because you're going to keep coming back to it. And so she did. Within the next week, she came back to class and said, I did. I, we went out. We had a drive. And I just started asking her questions. And it was so great. <laughs> it, uh, was so, so it turned sweet. out so well because – Her daughter was desperate for information at that point. For sure. And she was able to provide some good stuff that kind of contradicted what she'd already heard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Have those conversations early. That's such a sweet idea on the birthday. That makes me think you could cut the little birthday cake or go out and cut a little cupcake and talk about how it reminds you of one day they'll cut a wedding cake and all the things leading up to that.
1: Yeah. We're taking, we're taking Sydney. She turns eight this uh, in May. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's already planned that hmm. around that time, Pam and I are taking her to dinner. Just the two of us and her. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll get Will covered someplace else. And and it'll be a deeper conversation on this subject. That's sweet. So, And that's just as a good marker. And then as you go on, as you go forward, it is truly just a teachable moments, an yeah. ongoing conversation. Some of them will be deep. Some of them will be very, very shallow. And they'll come back to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Kristen told her friends that we never had this talk, so she just absorb. She thinks they just figured they just absorbed it. Yeah, because all their friends apparently were on a road trip talking about, and they had the funniest stories, (laughs) talking about how their parents had the big talk with them. Yeah, yeah. It's funny to hear their perspective.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the thing I think we would want to be advocates for, and I'll speak for you here, Gina. Is that we want. Generations to come, which is why we've done Sexy Marriage Radio together so far, Mm -hmm. that we want people and generations to come to integrate their sex life into their life. That it's just, they go hand in hand, they're beautiful, they're passionate, they're loving, they're full of grace and mercy and goodness, because Mm -hmm. that's what life is. I mean, that's what sex is, and that's what we want to aspire to.
0: Absolutely, so it's all possible, and Absolutely. your story can get better and better and your children's story can be better than yours was
1: yep and and we all get to I mean keep in mind every each one of our kids Gina is still mm-hmm. when they get into marriage there's gonna be in some areas over their yeah. head <laughs> you know yeah they're they got <laughs> they have to learn on the job you know some <laughs> of the frustrations and the pitfalls and all the different things there's no amount of training you Let's can get. Talk about- but you can keep them safer. You can you can lay a foundation where they're going to be more likely to choose your values. And then they're going to bless their kids. Even Absolutely. That's a great thing. It is. It's beautiful. Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. We're glad you joined us. We're interested in your thoughts. Send any emails you have at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And I hope your holidays are filled with wonder and blessing. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Take care, everybody. Let's talk about